following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody welcome to another episode at the kick pod um dojo the dojo where inspirational martial arts talk is always should i say always going or should i say always attacking always blocking always kicking you know anything that involves martial arts all right so i am your host your sensei tj williams give you the insider of my martial arts journey Discussing and analyzing martial arts-based subjects and also highlighting martial artists all around the world, past, present, and future. All right, so really, I guess um, winter is almost close to be over. I know a lot of people got hit with that um, winter blast. Of course, me, I did. And um, one thing I have to say, um, a lot of people got their cars um, stuck, including me, because um, I let my um, bad judgment get me stuck because I wanted to get to work. But that's what happens when you get more committed to um, having a job and and go and make some money. But you nevertheless, um, that's it's over. I mean, I still got my car, but uh, plan on getting another one. But uh, well, all bad stuff aside, um, I got a guest with me today. Of course, he has um success successful um youth two channel, and it's called um Happy Life Martial Arts. And of course, um, well, should I say it's called Sensei Ando. All right, if you could check that out. And of course, he has, um, yeah, a successful um, business storm called Happy Life Martial Arts. So I'd like to, everybody to introduce to you um, Ando Mirwas. All right, Howdy, so, how's it going? Nice yeah. to see you, Sensei. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, can you um, give the listeners like a small detail of um, what you do now? Sure, I change lives. That's what I do now. <laughs> Oh yeah. Nice, nice and simple to the point. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, martial arts changed my life and I just try before I die to, uh, share what changed me and hopefully change other people's lives for the better. That's what I'm all about. Uh, that How's that? Yeah. Small, definitely. simple, small, simple. Yeah. That's always, I like to keep it like, I don't want to go into too many details. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're going to do, Ando. Um, we're going to go back to in time, like everything before anything, everything happened with you. I we pretty much pretty much going to discuss discuss how you got from where you got today. So let's just say we're going to get to probably back to when you were a kid, like mm. like how would you describe yourself as like before you got into martial arts? Yeah, um, overall, I was uh, I think uh, very cocky, very confident. Um, privileged and uh insecure <laughs> and all of that's rooted on insecurity there was no real confidence behind it um if you're that was a number one son i was the oldest in the family so of course that first person gets cared for and fussed over and uh i had some skills and abilities so that anything i did was encouraged and supported and therefore i started letting that take me to the dark side where everything i did was good and everything i did was great and uh, anyone else who couldn't do what I did was inferior to me and was somehow uh, worthy of being made fun of or bullied. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, I was always anxiety ridden to try to be number one. 
and to stay there and to get everybody's love and attention for doing what I could do. Um, but all that comes with insecurity because you're, you're so afraid that if you make a mistake or you're not the A-plus person that you're going to be not loved or beat up by the people who don't like A-plus people. It's, it was it a was very uh, stressful time. So yeah, in that way, it was just an out-of-control life. It felt, it looked from the outside like, wow, top of the class. Wow, he's the lead in the play. Wow, he's head of the student council. But uh, inside, it's, it's just all stress and anxiety. It's all going to fall apart and be taken away, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing I always tell my students. Like I say, it's better to humble yourself and be praised after than to mm-hmm. praise yourself and be humbled after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would go with that. Yep. Yeah. It's always, yeah. It's always best to be humble, even though you get praised a lot. And then you still have to be humble. But, you know, you got those certain people that like to praise themselves, saying that he said, I do. I'm good at this. I'm the best. But, you know, I don't want my students to be like that. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid, it's not my fault. Uh, and it's no, it's no one's fault. It's yeah. love and encouragement. And um, but at some point that becomes expected, like, well, then I am great. Uh, and if you don't meet with enough loss and failure and coming in last place, if you don't get that experience to balance it out, then you don't learn humility. Um, and you're just trying to cling to being perfect all the time, which is impossible. And that's where the anxiety comes from. So, um, which is what led me to martial arts, which is probably your next question. <laughs> yeah. So definitely what would be your, um, event that got you interested in martial arts? Like what's the one thing that you see saying that I want to try this one day? Yeah. Control. That's what it was. It was Bruce Lee. And, um, to me, it wasn't so much the movies. I always thought the movies were a little silly, but I just thought he, as a person seemed very in control. He controlled his words. His gestures were very deliberate. He could put his foot up in the air and hold it there. The way he walked, the way he dressed, he just had, he seemed to have real confidence, not fake confidence. Like he had something to back it up. Um, He could be his own man. He could do his own thing. And he just seemed to have control. And I, and I thought, well, if he, who's like me, he's a skinny guy and he's not like a big Arnold Schwarzenegger guy. I I can relate to that. Um, if he used martial arts to get that kind of control over himself, then I will do martial arts. And that's what got me started. So I went out and found uh, the Bruce Lee training method books. There's like four of those. So it was in my mid teens. And um, I just did anything I could out of those books. I tried to copy always, he's jumping rope, always running on the road, always hitting the bag, always doing that stuff. And just started uh, both kinds of exercises to get control of my body, at least, which hopefully would lead to emotional control. So that's what started it. Yeah, seeing Bruce Lee. Yeah, so that was your push into it. It's like you just like Bruce Lee is my push to get me started. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I kind of call that the envy. Like you know, yeah, Bruce Lee was kind of like my push, or any other movie that I watch. <clears throat> it was like I need to at least get in the karate sooner or later. So. Yeah. Yeah, for, like for most people, their event would be their push is that they get bullied a lot. And um, it's like they have to do some sort of self-defense. Uh, yeah, I don't know statistically what that number would be. I, um, I would hope most people are not being bullied. But um, I think nowadays more people are going to go after fitness. I think more people actually probably come in my way uh, looking to get in shape, which is a form of getting in control of their body. I think most people don't want to fight. Most, most people don't want to spar and get punched in the face. That's the part of the martial art that keeps them from not training. So, um, so, and I didn't come in from a self-defense standpoint. Again, I came in more from an emotional standpoint. Like, I need to control. I'm out of control. I don't, 
I want real confidence. And that starts here, not trying to get just the grades, trying to be the number one guy in the class all the time. Um, that, that you're always chasing something. It had to be from within. Like I need to control my breath, my feelings, my voice, my standing my own ground, and then build out from that. So that's what to me is what Bruce Lee represents. Yeah. And there's another quote I kind of come with. Um, it kind of um, goes with um, my um, video game gimmick. Uh, a game is not a game if you don't lose at all. So. Not a game if you don't lose at all. All right. <laughs> I'll sign that petition. Yeah. 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 yeah as long as you're learning, as long as you're learning and getting what you want out of it, the trophies come and go. But the, who you become in the pursuit of that trophy is uh, is the real winning. So if that's what you mean, then I'm on board. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So can you like um, describe your first class? Like, did you join the, like, I know you said you were going through all these Bruce Lee books, but it mm-hmm. does, did it get to the point where you had to like join an actual dojo or actual school? Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, the Bruce Lee thing was so uh, no uniforms, no belts. I didn't think I needed to join a school. He looked like he was just in his garage training. So I, that's what I did. I just put up a bag in the garage and you got a road. You got a couple of buddies who can come over once in a while and spar. So I figured uh, there was nothing magical that he was doing. It just was, oh, he's punching and kicking hard. I can do that. That was my thinking. I didn't need a coach for that. So I just, I'll just start punching this bag and kicking this bag and doing lots of road work and a little bit of weights. Um, but eventually I saw Steven Seagal in Above the Law, and he was doing Aikido. And it wasn't just punching and kicking. He was making people flip around, and I couldn't figure out how he was getting people to flip around. So that's what actually made me think, like, oh, there's more to martial arts than just ah, screaming and punching and kicking. There's others, oh, wrist locks and there's throws and there's sword, uh, sword work and there's other things you could get into. So that's what got me out of my house, out of my garage to go looking for a school and a teacher. Um, and at the time, I, I couldn't find an Aikido school. Eventually I did. But uh, the first school that I found that had a weight room. So I said, well, at least I can lift weights. I don't know what this Taekwondo stuff is, but at least I can start with the weights. Uh, it was a Taekwondo school, and um, that's where I started. So my first class, um, I already kind of thought I knew how to punch and kick, so I felt like I had a head start. But, of course, there were so many other lessons to learn just from wearing a uniform and standing up straight and listening to someone else talk and follow orders and get into that military class structure, which I was not used to. And from someone, from when you have a big ego and you want to call the shots, and I'm usually the one in charge uh, of my social circle, to have a, another grown man tell me, shut up, <laughs> stand up straight. That's not right. And then to spar and then get hit and go, wow, I'm not the best one in this class. It was all very, very humbling. And, um, and it was exactly what I needed as a human being. That time. So, because your control um, in the garage, yeah, I was learning how to control myself, but that was by myself largely. When you get into a class, now you have to learn, can you control yourself with somebody else? Now someone is there to, uh, as a teacher, for sure, to push you and challenge you and get in your face and tell you that you're not any good and you got to do this better. And your ego is constantly going, shut up, screw you. I might, what, how dare you? Don't you know who I am? So to go through that process was the second phase that I needed to control myself when I'm alone and now control myself when people are giving me corrections and punching me and I'm losing. So that was a very necessary lesson for me. So yeah, so my first class experiences in general we're learning how to lose. That was, that's what that was. Yeah. So that pretty much goes with my, my quote that I just said, a game is not a game if you don't lose at all. 
So yeah, but it takes time to learn that that's not a loss because in the beginning it just feels like I'm losing. I got punched in the face. I've lost. How can that be? It doesn't make sense with my reality. Um, or how can you tell me that I'm not doing this right? I'm, I, I am doing it right. How can you tell me that my fist isn't enough rotated or my foot's not in the right spot? I, I'm trying. What, I, why isn't it working? Why isn't my leg doing what I tell it to do? So it comes back to control. It comes back to ego. It comes back to all these great issues. And uh, yep, um, but it took me a while to not take that personally and see that you're not losing and you're not a loser, that you're just learning and you're just supposed to make these little discoveries. You're supposed to improve little by little. It's a process. And once you understand that, then it becomes a drug, a healthy drug. You're like, oh, if I just keep coming in and losing, I'll get a little better. Lose, get a little better. Learn, get a little better. Oh, I don't even say lose anymore. I just learn. So now it's, yeah, now it's just uh, no losing. Yep, exactly. But it takes time. So don't forget that with your students. You can tell them, hey, that's not a loss, but it feels like one until you know how to redefine it and see the improvement that comes out of it. And then you go, Oh, I see. I got punched in the face last week. I learned to keep my hands up. This week, I didn't get punched in the face. Now I see it wasn't a loss. It was a lesson. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so we have to be patient with ourselves to learn that lesson. And if you're a teacher, be patient with your students because it can take a long time for them to not take the loss personally. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect all your students to train like by themselves. Like once they are taking class, and of course, um, you don't expect them to train on everything that was taught in class, but you know, you have to always review it time after time to make sure, sure. they actually get it. So it's a process. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know, yeah, I know you was talking about losses too, but um, I know I was thinking just one thing to think about is my black belt testing. You know, of course, I was like past my first and second degree test without failing. And then of course I got to my third and fourth degree. Well, I mean, we do pre-test first. And of course, uh, you have to pass your pretest to actually take the actual tests. And of course, for my third and my fourth, of course, I failed my um, first attempt at my pretest. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I was preparing myself um, for that test, but I guess I said endurance wise, I guess I wasn't prepared. I mean, mm. I knew all the materials for the tests, but the endurance was the biggest key for that test. And that's probably what killed me, like the first attempt at those tests. But nevertheless, I got through the second time. And of course, here I am, a fourth degree, and I'm retired. I don't have to test physically no more. <laughs> what do you mean retired? I mean, for my next rank, um, fifth degree, of course, I have an opportunity to um, perform in front of uh, my the grandmaster of my style. And um, all I'm doing is doing a performance of everything that I've learned. And from there, after the performance, I just go up stage and get my black jacket. That's mastering. So that's pretty much the whole process. And oh, are you okay. training for that? Is, is that a goal? Are you training? You said retired, which made it sound like you were training or, or well, doing anything. Let me let me rephrase that. I'm training, I'm retired from doing physical testing, but I'm not retired from going to um more higher ranks. So okay. fit, so let's just say I'm still learning, like I'm still taking classes. So I want okay. at least make sure I know, the, let the testing board, or should I say the, the board of directors know that I'm still training and not just um, pausing. So, okay. yeah. Okay. And that's the Chuck Norris system? What, uh, what system are you training in? Yeah, the Chuck Norris system, or basically people right. call it like the Tank Sudo, or we used to call it Chunk of Dough, but it was changed yeah. to the Chuck Norris system. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay, well, cool. Well, good luck on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically I'm a year away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got a goal, a specific deadline, and all that. 
You got your cardio going. You're going to have your endurance. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fitness instructor, so I'm trapped in fitness. <laughs> All right, trapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So what would, what would you say your, what your favorite, favorite moment is when you're doing martial arts? Favorite moment. Wow. Um, I love martial arts. So like every class there's joy in, in my practice. So uh, it's hard to pick a favorite moment, but um, really it's more favorite moments as a teacher. Um, I mean, I, I look, I'm proud of myself. Anytime I tie on a white belt, if I go start BJJ, if I go start a Sistema thing, when I've started different styles of Kung Fu, those are always my favorite moments. It's always because you have to go through that for me personally, um, where you can, hey, I already have a black belt, um, but I'm going to, I can put that aside and say, yeah, but I want to learn. When you go into a new style, a new teacher, you tie in a white belt, that proves to the world and to yourself, like you are willing to empty your cup. You are willing to put that aside because your goal is true. I just want to learn. So my favorite moments are when I can get out of that first class and I go, Good for you, man. Okay, so you're you're you are genuine. You are still trying to learn. It's not about just trying to accrue ranks. Um, but then on the flip side, as a teacher, then my favorite moments, of course, are anytime you see someone on the brink of quitting and having a hard time with it, like I did, and uh, coming back and thriving and staying, even if it's just for a limited time. But they have a tournament injury or they're upset because they lost. They have a meltdown in class, whatever that is. When you see someone broken return and keep going that to me is you know that's what fighting is all about that's fighting spirit right there and it could be a four-year-old it could be a 40-year-old i don't care when you see someone's spirit get crushed and then they come back that to me is always the most and if i have a hand in that as a teacher to encourage that or let them feel welcome to come back then that's my part of it but uh, yeah that's always the most joyful moment i don't care that's the best yeah, and I know I try to impact a lot of students that um you know that I train. Of course, at least mm-hmm. I tr- either train with or I train. But you know, you got those sums that you can't even save, even though you try. And of course, oh, yeah. you of course you one day you see them in the newspaper, and of course, um something bad happens to them. Like that's uh-huh. that's really devastating to me. It's like I just yeah. was really taking the time, at least away from my busy schedule, just to help these people or help these students. And, you know, then you next, you know, you see in the paper or read from somebody that something happened to them. So, yeah, yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> yep. You're right. Yep. Yep. But, but, but at the same time, you have to forgive yourself. Um, Cause we're all on different journeys. People make their choices. And uh, the best we can do as teachers is just let students know. I'll always welcome you back. Um, I'm here. I understand you're having a hard time now, whether it's emotional or your family or just whatever your frustration is, money. Just know that I'm still here. And if you come find me, I will still be here and I'll welcome you back anytime. Um, So at least they know. Then it's their choice if they choose not to. If you leave it as a burn bridge and you kick them out and it's anger and um, you never heal that, then maybe I feel like, oh, I should have let them know that I would have forgiven them or I could have helped them again. I don't ever want to feel like I'm a closed door to someone who may need what I have. That's all we could do. Hey, can you um, describe your first black belt test? I mean, have you, how many black belt tests have you actually gone through? Oh, uh, I hadn't thought about it really, but um, let me go back to the first, the first black belt test. Let's go there is, um, yeah, that was in the Taekwondo school that I, uh, that I was part of. And um, I was about four years in and 
the odd thing then was I had a separated shoulder, but I was trying to hide that from my teacher. I didn't want them to know because they probably wouldn't let me test. I'd already gone through, you know, the pre-test, so to speak, and pay the money, fill out the forms. It wasn't at our local school. You had to go up to the main school, the grandmaster, the whole, that kind of routine. But I had separated my shoulder. I met my, uh, my wife-to-be, and I was showing off, and I was doing some shoulder rolls, and I popped my shoulder. So go driving up to the black belt test, my arm was in a sling. I was icing it. I was trying to keep the swelling down. It was killing me. And when I got there, I didn't want my teacher to see that. So in the car, I took off the ice, took off the sling, and just kind of got through. And, um, you know, when I, I, I saw some video of it years ago. I, I'm not even sure if I still have that video. But to me, it's like really clear. Like, wow, you're not using that arm. But I was able to you know, spar just like I had my guard up, did my board breaks with the other hand. Um, just, I got through it is the point, even with the kata, I, I, I figured how to kind of throw my body so that the arm would go where it was supposed to go. And then as soon as I finished that test, uh, yeah, my, we went down to the car, ice sling and, um, and just tried to keep it cool. Uh, that was it. But yeah, so for me, the black belt test was kind of a double test because it wasn't just the stress of going up to the main school with all the people and showing up and doing your thing, but it was also, um, I'm hurt <laughs> and hurting, but if my fighting spirit is strong enough, I should be able to get through this. So uh, for that, I'm, I'm, it's stupid, but I'm also proud of myself for uh, forcing the issue. I'm not recommending that to anybody. If you have an injury, let it heal for God's sake. But uh, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I felt it's kind of like a nightmare for me because um, for my second degree test, of course, before the test, I ended up having sciatica. So mm. look, luckily I got that taken care of. And then of course, mm. once I got better, I ended up cracking my ribs training. Like Ooh. I think it looks like a few days before my test. I mean, what's, it wasn't like a broken rib, but it was cracked, but mm. you know, that's, well, that's broken. Yeah, cracked so, is broken. <laughs> yeah. So throughout that whole <laughs> test, I was like trying my best not to get, especially during spines. I was trying not to get hit in the yeah. ribs. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe, you know, I'd like to think that it makes us better. If you yeah. have that injury, you're treating it more like self-defense because you really are wounded. So you have to be a little more vigilant. You have to be a little more careful with your shots. You know, if you have everything's healthy, you can kind of bounce around. Maybe you'll be a little distracted because it's just somewhat um, easy. But when you have an injury, you really got to dial in your focus. You really got to know what you're doing. You got to pick your choices, make your choices very carefully. So Maybe it helps both of us <laughs> to be injured going in. Again, I don't recommend this. Don't injure yourself on purpose for a test. Yeah. I bet you haven't had to go throw through a lot of endurance through the test, right? You just did like all the katas and everything. Well, that's endurance. How many katas do you, can you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all endurance. I mean, if you're up there for three, four hours, it's endurance. It's all, it's a long day, right? And that's not even a lot. I mean, some people do these uh, two day, three day tests where you run run for miles and come back sleep at the dojo wake up and you know some schools that just really extreme tests uh so that wasn't exactly mine no mine was a little bit shorter than that but still challenging so i'm proud of it yeah definitely i talk about challenging my my last my fourth degree tests i mean of course here i am the only person going for fourth degree and of course you got other two going for third and of course mm. i get the worst of it because that's my like final test Final mm. physical tests, and then of course you got the um, testing board, especially mm. the main person calling out the techniques, and then of course there's add-ons. So mm. you, 
here I am doing um, everything that was required for a test plus add-ons, which mm. they, which you, of course, you got to be prepared for. I mean, I wasn't prepared for those add-ons, but you know, but I was ready. And yeah. of course, and then of course I just went through it. And of course I was winded. I mean, really, yeah. that, that was giving me a show, but, but you know, at the same time I was saying like, of course you're, you're chopping me down, but I'm still going to come at you. Right on. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Fighting spirit. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what's one more interesting. Mike, um, driving to the test. I mean, here mm-hmm. I am driving from Niagara Falls to Boston from mm-hmm. twelve o'clock in the morning to like seven o'clock a.m. Yeah, Ooh. so well, it wasn't just me. It was just me and my um, master instructor. It was just me and him driving down to Boston. Like we drive down there from twelve a.m. to seven o'clock, and after the test, oh we drove God. back. Oh so, my God. Oof. So you didn't sleep the night? You didn't sleep. Well, you actually, stayed awake I, during the drive? Well, I actually um, slept before the trip. You know, I, I'm after work, I kind of, um, I'll get out of work about four o'clock and then I went straight to sleep. And then from there, I, and um, we just um, woke up and just drove down to Boston. So definitely, that was a, like a two way trip. Like, that's, wow. it was wonderful. That's- that's harder than the test. Just staying awake on the road that long. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, hard. Well, I know we saw a couple accidents around the road, but luckily we didn't get stuck. Right, but you didn't one, cause them. Oh no! <laughs> well, I'm not much of a Jedi, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's see. Uh, have you um competed in any tournaments or go to like conventions? Um. Not on the tournament circuit. No, that's not my thing. And uh, yeah, I've been to conventions, sure. Uh, the Super Show in Las Vegas, uh, I've been to that several times. And uh, Hobnob, seen a lot of the big names up close, personal. So um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but all oh, that's you know, a little distracting. Not my thing. Are you a competitor? Is that? Uh, yeah, pre- well, not like I don't compete a lot. I mean, I compete like, like say I go to my convention every um, July. Of course, we have our seminars. I love seminars because, you know, you learn mm-hmm. different things. And, of course, there's competitions. And, of course, yeah, there's a master rank induction ceremony. So that's, mm-hmm. well, the one, that's the one I'm looking forward to because, you know, everything else I'm used to. And, but yeah. that one is just like I'm, once next year comes, I want to be prepared to actually give um, Mr. Norris um, a good performance. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm sure it'll be fine. Seem like you take it seriously, so that's good. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I'm on top of everything when it comes to my classes. You know, I want to make sure all my students are okay. You know, usually if they call or call in, I know I always ask them, "Is everything all right? Are you good?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they give me the thumbs up. Good. Okay. okay, so what other activities you do outside of martial arts? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nope. When I was younger, I mean, I, I had uh, many, many interests, um, but as I got older, you realize that time and energy are in limited supply. So if you want to be good at something, you got to start committing to something. So one by one, every other hobby and interest fell away. Um, and it's just martial arts and that's all I do. But um, that said, um, it's not really one thing because there are so many aspects of martial arts, so many different styles, so many different exercises, so many different things to look at that um, it's already feels like there's too many things to do and you can't do it all. Even still narrowing it down to one thing isn't enough. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's martial arts. It's my, my job and my hobby uh, 
my it's my it's my full time thing. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm married to it. This is my wife, and this is martial arts. <laughs> so it's a twenty. <laughs> that's twenty four seven. Yeah, I kind of call that like the movie premiere. Yeah, you know, if somebody gets engaged, I say. Uh, happy uh, movie trailer, or should I say, congrats on your movie trailer? And then when they get married, yeah. I say, that's a movie premiere. <laughs> All right, yep. yeah. <laughs> it's got a happy end. Hope it's got a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Once it's reached the tenth um, anniversary, you know, you have those deleted scenes, like really people don't uh, people don't see. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. I don't want. There's a lot of stuff I don't want to look back. Yeah, but I do notice. Um, of course, you post all these videos. Um, you, of course, you do a lot of video editing. If, as, if I understand, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. That's a. I don't know if that counts as another interest, but yeah, I like writing and editing the videos and making a podcast like yourself. Um, so I do like, but these that to me just falls under the the teaching umbrella. Um, so I guess really I have two hobbies. I enjoy learning martial arts and practicing, and I enjoy sharing martial arts and teaching. So those are the two heads. Uh, if I was just into it for myself and wasn't interested in teaching. Um, that would be maybe a more focused lifestyle. Um, and if I wanted to just teach, you have to always be a student. So you can't really do that only teaching. So um, that's kind of like two faces to the same coin there, learning and sharing. But yeah, so editing comes into that or podcasting, which I, I love. I enjoy all that stuff. because It's just another way to teach, another way to connect with people, get comments, get feedback. Um, it's, it's wonderful. It's been a wonderful way to, I didn't, when I was younger, this didn't exist. So you had to go have a school or have a private student or whatever that was. So now to be able to put something out there and see something get a thousand views or 10,000 or a hundred thousand views, you just go, wow. Um, if you really love teaching, it's an amazing piece of technology that we have nowadays. So I'm glad you're using it as well. Yeah. So I, a good thing I started this off when the, uh, the pandemic hit. And of course I was laid off <laughs> of work, you know, of course I already had my computer before the pandemic and, you know, I was talking to my one friend that did podcasting. And of course he would kind of invited me to be in this podcast group. So that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Though. So I have an cool. opportunity to do this um, podcast and, of, cool. and just like you, just like spreading the positivity of uh, martial arts. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And yeah. the more voices, the better. Just keep that message going. Yeah, we should get everybody in. Everybody should take martial arts. So as many different faces, because uh, everyone's different. Everybody wants to see something that they can relate to. Saying that we can say the exact same message, teach the exact same lesson, but your face is different than my face. Some people want to hear it from me. Some people want to hear it from you. Some people want to hear it from a woman or someone older, younger, whatever. So the more people we have out there sharing, uh, the better. All right, so out of all the videos that you posted, what, what would you say your favorite one would be? Like one thing that well, kind of impacts you? Um, well, geez, that's like picking your favorite baby. Um, <laughs> in each one, I wouldn't have made any video if I didn't think there was worth it was worth sharing. So I love every video, of course. Um, I guess, I mean, just for the sake of an, an easy answer, I'll go with uh, the most popular videos because to have reached that many people, I guess that would be my favorite video because for some reason, what I thought would be valuable, other people found valuable. I love my lowest viewed video just as much as my highest viewed video. But the fact that that one has, you know, a million or 2 million views, you have to go, well, that's my favorite one because I got to meet that many people through that couple of minutes of video. Um, That's a blessing and uh, it's a miracle for me. It's like, wow. Because when you make a video or a podcast, you don't know if anyone's ever going to see it. There's no guarantee. You just want it to go out into the world. 
And I'm happy if a couple of people see it, but when you get like a couple of million, you go, wow. So I think I've got a video, how to take a punch, um, which mixes a little bit of martial arts with a, a lot of life lesson. So uh, that one seems to get a lot of responses still to this day. Been up there for, I don't know, seven, eight years. It's got a lot of views. So I guess I'm gonna call that my favorite. People seem to like that. Uh, there was um, one video that I watched. Um, you were talking about um, how people ask questions about um, McDojo's or um, milk mm. factories. Uh, I know yeah. you said like, we shouldn't like um, put down those type of um, dojos. And that's yeah, that's, I can agree with you on that. I mean, you know, yeah. So even though this, for some people, it's like, it's all about making money. You know, you want to make the customers happy. And of course, you're not worried about techniques and what's what not, but yet, um, you know, it could be. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's no reason why someone can't make a living and provide a good service. Uh, to me, a McDojo um, means criminal behavior. If you're defrauding someone, if you're lying about something, then that to me is where, okay, that is a school that, you sh that should be criticized. Um, but when a lot of people throw that term around, McDojo, um, they're, judging, they're judging people for the state of their life at that time. So for instance, when I was, I wasn't looking for self-defense, I was looking for control. And I found it in a Taekwondo school. And from an outside perspective, someone could say, well, I'm a fighter. And you guys are paying for belt tests, McDojo. You guys wear uniforms, McDojo. You guys have to bow and pretend you're Korean, McDojo. You have to do kata, McDojo. So they have this whole list of criteria that makes you somehow a McDojo, but they don't ask, well, why are you there? And are you getting what you're paying for? And for me, I was having, I mean, I'm coming out of class crying. I'm having emotional distress trying to figure out how to improve myself, how to make my life better. And just because someone else is at a boxing gym and they just want to learn how to box, it makes no sense for them to judge me for what's important to me and if I'm getting my money's worth and time's worth. So I just think people should be really careful about judging and style shaming and um, because everybody's in a different place in their life. If you've been abused your whole life, like your mom and your dad or someone who's burning you with cigarettes or sexually abusing you, and you're terrified of being touched or trusting people, and your first experience with martial arts is, you know what, there's a Tai Chi class, they don't touch me, I can have my own space, but I can breathe, relax, start to feel confident in my body. If that's your first step into martial arts, then that should be supported, applauded, and encouraged. And if hopefully that the confidence they find from that step maybe leads them to, let's push hands together. Now we can touch each other slowly. Maybe that builds up into more confidence. Why don't we strike each other? Maybe that builds up to let's grapple with each other. And maybe you come to a place where you feel completely comfortable in your body and completely confident to defend yourself. But you can't go around thinking like, well, if you're not doing full contact day one, full rolling, tapping out, you're not doing an MMA style class, it, it must be a McDojo. It's just stupid. It's insensitive. And um, yeah, I'll speak out against that anytime I can. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, as I know, I had to think about that because, um, you know, you know, I feel like, um, of course, the trade pace I train with, but I want like everybody to be welcome, you know, depending on like um, their gender or their like physical ability, even like their, like I should say their limitations. So pretty much I'm gonna put that limitations, you know, I'm kind of hesitant yeah. to saying like mental condition or, but definitely limitations. So it could be like having ADHD, um, autism, Asperger's or 
like any type of condition that really prevents them from at least being successful. But, you know, I'm yeah. just there. It's like, of course, I had to deal with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You know, I think about it when I was a kid, I was like so hyperactive and I had like anger issues. But, you know, nowadays, like martial arts, you know, I'm trying to be less angry about things like that happened to me. You know, I was uh, subject of being bullied and, you know, I you know just things thinking about, it, you know, sometimes I get flashbacks and, you know, I had to be by myself and just trying to let it out. But, you know, I don't want to let it out in front of everybody else anymore. Just mm. but to, to show them how I'm a decent person. Yeah. Well, good for you. And yeah. martial arts has been an important part of your empowerment and taking back your confidence. Uh, clearly, martial arts has been a tool for that as well. Just like for me, it is for you as well. Then, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I also saw another on video on the back kick. Yeah, I was just watching that. And, you know, people have trouble with that technique. So, I mean, I see that you like you tell you have to have your back to the target, but if you turn too much, it'll turn to a side kick. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. When people say spinning back kick, I think that's what screws people up. They think spin. So they, they feel they have to come all the way around, but then you've ruined the back kick. So it's better just to say, turn around back kick. <laughs> just turn around and then kick. Yeah. Forget to spin. You, you'll want to spin naturally because you're going to want to see the bad guy eventually. But quick, just turn around, kick, and then you can do whatever you want. So yeah, don't use the word spinning. That would be my tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or should I say, um, 180 turn or. If- yeah. Half, half turn exactly. back kick. <laughs> half turn back kick, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing for our style. We're trying to switch to different terminologies. You know, we, we're not trying to use terminologies like from a different style. It's like mm-hmm. if we have like a, say, from Krav Maga, if they have mm-hmm. like a, like some type of, like say they say a front snapping kick and we say something else, we kind of like not confuse our style with that style. So that's pretty much what we're doing when we're in hybrid style. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. There's only so many ways to punch and kick or talk about punching and kicking. So we're going to end up using similar terminology. I don't see how that's avoidable. (laughs) Nobody, nobody owns a front kick. Everybody's got a front snap kick. Everybody. So that's why it's always funny. People say, Oh, this style is better than that style. It's like, Oh, well, do you punch? Yes. Well, so do we, do you guys kick? Yes. Well, so do we. So you may not like the training methodology, but the techniques are, largely similar <laughs> so uh that's a silly criticism yeah that's the thing about me when I, if i go to a tournament and then i see people doing katas that i learned but they look differently you know it's like that's that kind of looks and then of course i have to talk to that person and say what what's his name that kata and it's like mm-hmm. it's interesting it's like there's so many different katas that are yeah. similar to what i learned yeah with the tong su do yeah i mean it's got roots in other systems and um yeah there's there's a lot of crossover there between well like taekwondo has got several different versions of taekwondo so depending on which era you're looking at the forms are very similar to the shotokan and those are similar to the shorin rune everyone's got pieces that are uh, overlapping so which again is the point that we should not be style shaming because we all have more in common than what we have different as human beings as martial artists the whole ball of wax there's always more in common like with us and chimpanzees having you know almost the same DNA, it's like there's more in common. What makes us different does make us different. There are differences to be appreciated and celebrated. But if that becomes a problem where it's learning to it's leading to hate and nastiness and judgments and shaming, well then you got to back up and say, whoa, 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 we're mostly the same. So I think martial artists uh, really need to re- always remember that because 
it's not about Tang Sudo versus Taekwondo. It's people who study martial arts versus people who don't study martial arts. That's the, the war that I'm trying to fight. Like, I want to bring everybody over to train. And if they hear me bad-mouthing those people and bad-mouthing those people, then they get confused. Like, well, what style is the best? Where should I be training? They shouldn't even think that. They should just think, hey, I want to do martial arts. Great. Find a school right next to you. Do you like it? Go there. Start there. You don't have to stay there, but start there. Just get started. I don't want to make this hard. I'm not sure I heard that style sucks. I heard this stuff. Just go start. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> just go. Yeah, and I know there's probably like certain um, Christ studios, like they kind of keep you prisoner. Like, you know, they tell, say, don't go to another Christ studio and then not learn. But, you know, you know, I don't want to be that person that like say, like, you know, I'm not a fan of contracts. So I don't want to be put in a position where I had to be told the, not to go anyplace else and learn. And then, of course, I um, say that this our style, not this um, school is not good for me. So mm. I would. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a stickier issue there. I mean, in my day, uh, which was already not as bad as the old, old days, you definitely did not go out cross-training. That wasn't as popular. It was in the old, old days. Lots of Kung Fu guys trained with each other. Lots of karate guys trained with each other. But once it become commercialized or mainstreamed, where, it, oh, it's Shotokan now, then there was this next wave of teachers where it's like, don't go anywhere else. You could only learn it my way. It's an insult to us if you train with them. Or it could be a situation like where Korea and Japan historically had some problems with each other. So if you're studying Taekwondo and then you tell me you're going to go study a Japanese style, the Korean headmaster might take that really personally that you're going to a Japanese stylist. So, you I mean, the waters can get muddy. But nowadays, I think one of the nice things about um, MMA is, uh, is it it kind of shows everyone that it's probably for everybody's benefit to look at what each other are doing and try a little bit. Everyone should be doing a little BJJ. Everyone can go do a little stick fighting. Everyone can go do a little Taekwondo. Everyone can go do a little whatever. Everyone has something to offer into the pot. And then it's up to you, uh, back to Bruce Lee, just to kind of figure out what works for you. I don't need someone to tell me that it's right or wrong. Just for me, what do I need at this point in my life? Um, which is why I've changed styles more than once because it's very, I mean, you seem to be blessed that you found a style that met your needs at the beginning and still meets your needs or uh, still is helping you reach your goals. Whereas I, when I was in Taekwondo, found out that, you know what, now my goals changed. Thank you to Taekwondo for helping me get over this part of my life. But now I need a different challenge. Now that you've helped me, I need to go to a different place to get this next piece and so on and so on and i'm older and same things like okay well that took me so far but now my body is changing my temperament's changing so i need to find different information to help me get to this next phase so there's always something that um, you may have made fun of in your 20s but when you're 60 you go that's exactly what i need now so i'm glad i wasn't making fun of anything when i was 20 because tai chi might have a lot to offer me nowadays i didn't think it did when i was 20 might have but it, my i didn't see it now i do <laughs> hey, so what motivational or inspiring um quote would you um best describe your journey um just keep fighting keep fighting i mean uh, it sounds really you know hacky but uh you got to show up that's another way to say it um i get emails all the time from people who say oh you know yeah i'm a martial artist i haven't trained in 20 years but i want to get back into it and you're like well 
good. I'm glad you're coming back. But there's always a way to train. There's always a way to train. I don't want to hear you don't have time. You don't have money. Your school closed. Your teacher died. You have an injury. That's the list of excuses. Pretty much everybody has one of those if they're not training. And they're all invalid. Every single one of them is invalid. It's that's just the way it is. If you're genuinely looking to improve as a martial artist, you can literally stand up and stand still and do some visualization if that's all you can do. You can lay in your bed and visualize techniques if that's all you can do. And I'll bet you can do a lot more than that. If you throw five minutes worth of punches and kicks, if that's all you can do, well, then do that. If you have a bad leg and you can sit in a chair and throw some punches, you can do that. There's always something you can do. So the best advice that represents me is I just keep training. I'm not the greatest person in the world, but I keep showing up. I keep signing up for things. I keep chipping away at something. And um, that's how you get work. That's how you get done. Get it done. That's the winning. That's it. Kung Fu. I mean, uh, you just take it down to the most basic level. The words Kung Fu mean effort and time. So you got to show up. That's the effort. And you got to just keep doing it for over and over and over and over. Yeah, some days you feel like crap. Some days you don't want to. Some days you have an injury. Some days you're sick. But you're there. You show up. And just magically, little pieces start sticking to you. Even if you just sit and watch a class. I don't understand when people say, well, I can't go to class because I have this injury. It's like, well, then go watch class. You're still going to hear advice. You're still going to see the art from a different perspective. You're still going to be able to visualize yourself doing things. That's progress. There's always something you can do. So best advice, keep fighting, show up. Yeah, there's always something to do. I mean, that. well, when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Yes. Amen. All right. All right. So now we're at the hidden um, dojo part of our um, interview. So this with hidden dojo. So this is going to be a series of questions I ask. And um, of course, you answer them in the best of your ability. So, of course, the first question would be the best piece of advice you've ever gotten. Who said it? Every class I get good advice. So that's really a hard question. Um, but I remember early on, I think the early ones are the most memorable. The teacher, I was frustrated, nah, 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 complaining maybe about the Taekwondo a little bit. And my teacher, a, a teacher outside of Taekwondo told me, he said, look, this isn't learning how to spray paint cars. This is serious. If you're not getting the information you need, then go someplace else. That's what he told me. And I thought that was pretty cool because what it did was it forced me to reevaluate why am I doing this? Because in his mind, he's like, look, this isn't spray painting cars. It's serious. So if I'm not getting the information that I need, so that was a challenge to be like, well, am I getting the information I need? I, I will only know that if I know what I wanted when I signed up. In the beginning, I just wanted the control. Now that I was gaining control, my goals start to change. Like, well, now what do I want? Well, now I want to be good at this. I don't want to just control me. I got to control a bad guy. Am I getting the information I need to really get my hands on someone and control them? Right now, maybe I'm not. So I need, he said it, then you got to go someplace else. This isn't the only place. And so that's what I was just saying about why you might change a style. It's nothing against the style that you're in that got you this far. But if your goal is now something different, which is very likely, then you may have to go someplace else to get that. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. So follow your goals and your needs. Don't just follow ranks because you're there. I'm just too lazy to look anyplace else or whatever. Um, It's got to start with your desire to learn or change. 
and then figure out, am I learning and changing where I am? If you're not, try someplace else. That's all. And, and it brings me to my next question. The worst advice you ever gotten? Worst advice? Boy, that's, uh, I don't think I've gotten much bad. People are pretty good. I think the worst advice, not so much words, but culture was just back when I was younger, concussions were not a thing. No one ever said the word concussion to me. So we were taking punches and kicks and slammed on the ground and you were just expected to keep going. It was always get back on the horse, get back on the horse. So like I just said, there's always a way to train even when you're injured. But if you have a brain injury, if you get rocked in the head during class, that's a stop. That, so the worst advice would be just that the culture used to be keep going even if you got your bell rung. And uh, nowadays, more people are careful about concussions, whether it's in football or boxing or anywhere. So I hope that, that has trickled down to every dojo and every teacher. Actually, I just got an email two days ago from someone who said that their kid was in class. They got smacked in the head. The teacher put him back in. The kid was crying. Kid was having a bad experience. And I couldn't believe that in this day and age, uh, a young student could get their bell rung, be dizzy, and then be put right back into sparring to get back on that horse and still go and then get hit again. Now you have secondary impact syndrome. So now you're actually causing some brain damage, more brain damage. I can't believe in this day and age that people still have to be reminded to take care of the brain, particularly of kids who we should be looking out for. So the worst advice would be allowing the spirit of, hey, get back in there to affect brain injuries. That's not okay. Don't, if you're a teacher and a student take gets their bell rung, that's it for them for the day. They're done. That's it. Sit them down. They can come back another time. Have them see a doctor if you need to. But if, for God's sake, don't let them keep getting repeated head trauma. That's not okay. Yeah, I always tell my students when we're sparring, like light sparring, I mean, mostly we do point sparring. I mean, I don't meet them to go crazy. It's like I usually always explain, like, the spots they need to hit. But yet, mm -hmm. you know, you got some of those students that, you know, they are so they're so excited to spar that they can't control their technique. And, sure. uh, and that's like, it's always, a, yeah. it's always about control, control yeah. yourself and then control yourself with someone else. When you're sparring, it gets competitive. The ego comes up. It can be feel very personal, but that's exactly what martial arts does so well is it gives you a chance to control yourself. Even when the other person's a little wild, a little out of control. If I can control them and control me under that pressure, then that's winning. That's black belt to me. That's like, ah, cool. This is a new white belt. They're out of, ah, they're afraid. They're out of control. They're crazy. Whatever it is, I need to have the experience to be able to breathe, see, understand, and manage it so that I'm not getting hurt and they're not getting hurt. And I can show them hopefully the, the folly of their ways to say, see how that doesn't work? See how you're out of control right now? See how I can take advantage of that? So let's get to another place where you can control yourself. To me, it always comes down to control. <laughs> All right. Uh, how would you reward yourself? Oh, pie. That's pie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I've seen that on your um profile. That's, that's your guilty that's pleasure. That's not a secret. So that's your guilty that's, pleasure. I'm not guilty. I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, usually that's that's usually what I call it like the guilty pleasure. You know, you know, people yeah. are like on a healthy diet and then sometimes they like slip a pie or either slice sure. of pizza or ice cream. So yeah. Pie. Well, I like to feel I always earned it. Like, yeah, I was at the class this morning and someone brought cookies. I would take a bite of the cookie and I would do 10 push-ups, take a bite of the cookie, do 10 push-ups. So <laughs> as long as you're earning it, I shouldn't feel guilty. I earned it. 
So bring it, bring on the pie. All right. What what movie would you want to be in? Like, if you were in a movie, what type of, or should I say, genre, genre, would you want to be in? Uh, you know, I was in Hollywood for several years. That was one of my youthful uh, pursuits that I've now cut out. Um, so I, I've actually, you can see my face in a couple famous movies, but I would really love to be thrown through a glass window by Jackie Chan or someone like that because, uh, you know, Jackie Chan was a stuntman in Bruce Lee films, and then he became Jackie Chan. But it's so cool to see him just being the extra or the stuntman with Bruce Lee. So I just think it'd be really cool to then be another link in that chain and say, like, oh, here's me getting beat up by Jackie Chan. I think that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. I of course I had the opportunity to be in a movie, uh, a local movie in uh, Buffalo. Of course, yeah, I understand you are from Buffalo too. I am uh, from Buffalo. No secret there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Did you enjoy your stay in Buffalo? Did you have a good experience? Oh, yeah. Let's just say I'd gone to college there. I mean, I know uh yeah of course it's 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 easy for me because it's only 25 miles away and so either right. i either i drive or even if i wanted to i'd probably ride my bike <laughs> but okay yeah well <laughs> not in the winter but yeah good for you oh no not in the winter um i really wait till it's hot that's where i get my energy <laughs> yeah they'll get your endurance up yeah, yeah. over the bridge <laughs> all right secret talent uh secret talent am i good at everything's falling apart nowadays uh i think um gee secret that's difficult i don't know i i'm gonna go with just um i think what people don't know how hard i work at is trying to keep things simple my talent i think is because for my own brain i can get overwhelmed the martial arts can be very complex you work with some really high level people and it just seems like oh my god what are you doing i, I don't know what you're i don't understand and so to have the patience to see what they're doing, try to get it inside of me and then break it down into a progression or into concepts that I can help other people. That is, um, that's the talent that I'm, I'm developing. I think I'm good at it because I have to do it for myself, um, which is where my videos come in, that, that that's the result. But it, sometimes it looks too easy. Like, oh, you just made a video. It's like, well, no, but that took me years to figure out how to explain it that way or how to make a little joke out of something to make it easy to understand. But I would like to think, I, that's what I want to think, that my talent is making complex things or something in martial arts that seems magical to break it down into something very simple and very relatable so that anyone can start trying to get it, that get that skill. So um, I'm going to say organization and clarity, simplicity, despite that complex answer. Yeah. I can say my secret talent is I can do different voices. Uh, so, oh. yeah. All right. Well, so, okay, now you got to do Yeah, so here's a little of our preview. If you um, understand his voice, uh, I find your leg a bit disturbing. I think I recognize that one. Absolutely. <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or marriage. Marriage is what brings us to Gabba today. <laughs> Uh-oh. This one might be politically correct. What are you doing there? <laughs> Yes. That? Uh, you watched the princess bride right oh my god yeah that was a long time ago oh wow okay cool good for you yeah that's, that's, that's that i gotta rewatch that yeah wow. yeah just watch the pride when they uh, eventually get married and then of course that gets interrupted <laughs> mm. yeah so yeah that's a great movie i gotta get back ah okay uh slip slip dream celebrity encounter uh, that's tough. Um, 
I've met many celebrities, so I'm kind of over it. But uh, at this point, I just like meeting good people, good teachers. Yeah, but I understand the question. I'm sorry, I'm totally ill-prepared for that one. Who do I want to meet nowadays? You know what, I'll tell you what, I'll just take, uh, give me anybody who's like an Olympian. Give me like whoever, right now the Olympics are going on, the Winter Olympics, and I'm always so inspired by the, because they show up, they do their jobs under pressure. To me, these are, who, so who am I thinking of right now? Chloe Kim and snowboarding or Nathan Chen and ice skating or even Michaela Schifrin. Uh, um, these are people who perform at the highest levels. So just to have a conversation with any of those sports celebrities, who have to use their body under pressure, not just when no one's watching, they can do amazing things, but ready, the whole world is watching, go, and they can still focus somehow. I would love to have lunch with uh, one, of those, one of those Olympians just to kind of see if there's something I'm missing or how they approach that kind of, uh, that challenge. It's very impressive, especially because some of them are so young. You see somebody who's like 15 or 16, with all that extra pressure of being a teenager and just trying to figure out who you are in life and have that kind of a grueling training schedule and those cameras and national flags and pressure from everywhere, cameras, go. And you just have to shut everything down and focus, which is what you should do when you're fighting. Um, I think I could learn something from anyone who's participating in the Olympics at a high level, I think. Anyway. I say probably my best um, way to even meet somebody, I go to Comic-Cons. Of course, uh, mm. yeah. Of course, it's gonna be tough getting over to Canada because of the COVID um, restrictions. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, but you know, Comic Cons, I got to meet a lot of famous people. And even if I go to Vegas, I get to meet famous people. It seemed like they, the famous people, get drawn to me, and I get to meet huh. them. Because <laughs> you, you look like a celebrity. You got a lot of charisma. You got sparkle in your eye. People think, oh, that's got to be somebody. Who are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I always do cosplay, so that usually helps. Ah, okay. So who would you like to meet then? Who's your celebrity uh, goal at this point? Let's just say somebody I didn't meet in the wrestling business. I mean, I mean, I met a lot of great wrestlers. I mean, I met uh, my idol, but back when I was like five years old, uh, Hulk Hogan. I mean, ah. yeah. I mean, I really okay. looked up to him. Like when I was a kid, I used to dress up as him as a as Halloween. And of oh, course, wow. of course, uh, back in 2018, he came to Buffalo for a Comic-Con. And, you know, that Luckily, a friend of mine kind of um, messaged me and told me like ahead of time. And I was like, I need to meet him. So that was my greatest opportunity right there. So actually, did you? Did you, get to, you got to meet him? Yeah, I actually got a um, picture with him. So, I oh, mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, was, I didn't. Was he get, nice to you? Was it a good exchange? Were you happy with him? Well, I didn't get to talk to him. I just went to the photo op. You know, you're only, yeah, yeah. you only in there for a couple seconds. And then, of course, yeah, shook his hand. And then, of course, we took a picture. And that's what, yeah. Cool. Okay. Good for you. That's great. He's All a right. big fella. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't put no leg drops on me. <laughs> yeah. I stood next to him once as well. He's, he's a big fella. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, 10 years from now. Mm. I'll be dead. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, 10 years from now, I hope uh, I would love to be invited to a uh, like one of these uh, grandmaster conventions to see someone else's test. Uh, I would love to be, uh, you know, just just included in something. I think that'd be really nice to be have built up enough of a reputation in the martial arts world where people would say, oh, it would be great. We invite you to come to this tournament to watch what's going on or come over to this 
uh, convention we're having. Just be cool to have you there and offer something, something we like what you offer online. Um, yeah, I mean, the only reason you make these videos and podcasts is to connect with people. So 10 years from now, I hope I've built up enough faith and good will with people that uh, they would think of me to include me in their, oh, we'd love to come have you do a seminar or come just be at this belt test or can you come and when you're in town, you know, come by and say hello, just just to be invited any place in the under this umbrella of martial arts, just to have a chance to connect people in person. Uh, online is cool, but in person is where it's at. So I would love to uh, keep building goodwill to earn that invitation to some event. <laughs> yeah. So basically my goal with um, this podcast, at least try to connect with every martial artist that's in the United States or in the world. Right? So mm. that'd be, I mean, that's, yeah. Nah. That's a big goal. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much found out about you because of uh, my previous um, episode with um, Andrea Har- Harkins. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Very, she's a she's a wonderful spirit to have out there fighting the good fight for martial arts. Yeah, she's full of positivity. I've met her in person and I've known her for a long time. And uh, yeah, she's the real deal. She's a, got a big heart. Yeah, so that'd be my goal to actually meet her one day. So it's going okay. to be happening eventually. Yeah. I hope so. That would be great. All right. So before we kind of close this um, podcast, uh, is there any last um, things, uh, last words would you like to say to listeners out there? Uh, If anyone's still listening, I hope that you're training. I hope you're not making excuses. I hope you're showing up somewhere, even if it's just standing up in your own bedroom to do a couple of minutes of meditation or using your words or looking in the mirror, just your posture, shuffling around your kitchen a little bit. Um, I believe even a little martial arts makes life a whole lot better. That's my one of my taglines, and I really believe it. So no matter what you're doing, even if you're in a hospital bed right now watching this, do something. Pick up your hands. Pretend you're fighting someone off of your back. Uh, there's no wasted time practice. So keep going. Oh, nah, awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me at the KickPod. So I hope my pleasure, everything, sir. Thank you. Yeah, hope everything goes well with you in the future, and hopefully sure. we'll see you down the road. And uh, That'll be great. Course, yeah, and of course the same vice versa for me. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Thank so, you, Sensei. Yeah, I hope you everything goes well. You're doing good positive work. So thank you very much. All right. So I'm gonna do my little closing to my um podcast. Uh, for those who are um tuning in, um make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickpot Dojo. This is your sensei TJ Williams bowing you out. <laughs> <laughs>